I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess, and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're diving into how we can lead effectively at home and in the workplace. Yes, I'm so excited for this topic and you and I were just chatting before this around, you know, how you approach leadership as a CEO of Adorn and also at home with your boys. You know, but firstly, tell me, what do you think, what's a good leader to you? A good leader is someone who lives and works by example. So I think what your expectations are should very, very, very much be lived and breathed by yourself as well because people will see through that. So definitely lead by example. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise they just think, you're, I'm just your minion. You know, I'm doing all your dirty work. And I don't, I think leaders need to put themselves out there. Um, So for me, it's definitely not expecting my staff or my family or my friends to do anything I wouldn't be prepared to do or put themselves into a situation I wouldn't be put in myself. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So fascinating. And when was this idea of leadership kind of introduced to you? Like, were you, was it at Mm. home when you were younger? Was it the first job you had? When did you kind of, that idea kind of kick in and you Mm. realised? Look, I, you know, I I don't know that I have, you know, up until, uh, you know, the later parts of my life really been in any roles of leadership myself. I mean, I was a house captain when I was primary school, but I don't know (laughs) if that counts. Um, And I do have all of my school reports saying that I was very bossy uh, (laughs) and I always had the class very organised into different groups and activities. So maybe I was born to, I don't know, boss people around, um, but I've put a nice spin on it as I've gotten older. So I I don't know that I was ever really in, in any leadership roles. i as I was sort of going through my own little career before working for myself and creating a dawn, um, obviously I had managers or CEOs mm. that I worked with. And, you know, whilst there was some that were okay, I think more than anything, I probably learnt what I didn't like uh, about certain leadership styles than having someone that I particularly looked up to, if, I, if I'm really honest. Um, so I, I guess, you know, I'm conscious of that. Uh, you know, when I'm doing my own thing or expecting certain things, you know, how would I take this? So I'm always really uh, intrigued in different personality types and what makes people tick. Like I love researching and I love watching human behaviour. It's something that I've always found very interesting and I think I'm quite intuitive when it comes to human behaviour and and the interactions around that. Uh, So for me, it's always analysing things and putting myself 
myself into someone else's shoes as to how I would conduct myself with them and how I would articulate something, how I would maybe manoeuvre them into something I want them to do. Um, And I do think it's monkey see, monkey do. You know, I'm a big believer of of people learning from and with me rather than me speaking at them. So Mm -hmm. that's that's something else I, I think is really valued in, mm. in, in people learning from you. I just couldn't agree more. I think, you know, so many of us, at least myself as well, we always look back at our early bosses or our maybe our current bosses mm. and we just think, oh, goodness, like, yeah. you know, wow, you, you almost talk down to me mm. and, and, you know, maybe it's the same with, with parents and whatnot. And, and so I think I'm interested to know when you kind of transitioned into your first business as the, the beauty salon, was what was that time like for you? That was the first, I mm. guess, real time you were a hashtag leader or a you know, quote unquote leader of a company or a business. And, and kind of what did you learn about yourself and how you lead? One of the things I have learnt is that you must not have too much of an ego mm. when you are leading anything uh, because you'll always make mistakes and you'll always come undone that your answer or solution may not always be the right one um, and I think that admitting when you're wrong is also really key so for me when I bought the salon, I had certain skill sets, but I was also very aware that I also lacked a lot of skill sets within that area. So I was very open with the girls around, okay, these are the things that I am really passionate about, but I'm really looking uh, to you to lead me around, you know, if there's a better way we could be doing the facials or products or, you know, times for, you know, I, I really like to keep this conversation open. So I think it's about Letting people know what your what you feel your uh, I suppose not downfalls but but where you maybe aren't as educated or, or as skilled um, and also being open that your decision may not always be the right one so please come to me if you think you've got something better or a better solution because I'd I'd love to hear it you know having those open candid conversations because ultimately if you're just doing everything in face of your ego you really could be running yourself into the ground and and out of business very quickly or having mass staff turnover, which is a very costly thing to the business as well. There's no loyalty there and you're just constantly churning people around. Um, And I think that eventually bastardises your brand and your business too because you've got all these little people going out and they've not really got anything nice to say about you. So I think that I've definitely learnt uh, more strategies and skill sets around uh, personal interaction and skills with with people as I've gotten older and matured, and I think that's just that just doesn't even need to be said. Like you just do, um, and I think that that's something that you know the evolution of your experience will unravel. Um, but I think if you're the sort of person that you want to be domineering and you just want to, you know, make yourself feel better all the time and put people down, well, you probably need to evaluate more than your, you know, your leadership style. You, you, there's probably some stuff inside you that you need to deal with while you're doing that to someone. Um, you know, I, I just think that for me, you know, I have expectations again around what I need to be done and what's required to be done and also expectations uh, around... 
I suppose, boundaries for everybody within a workplace or a team. There's, there's got to be boundaries and expectations, uh, but nothing that I wouldn't expect um, that I wouldn't do myself again. But some of those things for me are, I have a very high expectation of loyalty, because I'm extremely loyal, um, and I have a high expectation of initiative and productivity. So how that sort of happens, I'm not too concerned about, but I just, you know, I think that if you give people flexibility, they'll give that in return. And it, it is, it's give and take. I do really believe in that. If you're just constantly penny pinching that someone was 30 seconds late, but you're expecting them to stay back for half an hour, mm. mm, kind of don't think that's going to work, you know. People do hold these little grudges. You know, they remember when they had to go home early because of a sick kid, you made them feel bad about it. Or And again, if it's repeated behaviour, and you do get employees that try and take advantage, and, and just as much as you've got bosses that aren't ideal. So I think it really comes down to uh, the, the hierarchy and how you create that environment. And I think that does stem from the top. So the way you behave sets just an automatic visual expectation of how you expect others. Um, and I think that when you are you are that way, all of a sudden your team becomes that way. And even if you've got a bad egg, they get filtered out pretty quickly because your staff are so loyal and protective of their own roles and you and the environment that they wouldn't stand for someone taking advantage of it because they're aware that they've got a good thing. So to me, you know, I do expect loyalty. I do expect that, you know, when I tell people things and, and disclose things to them, um, you know, that, that that's private and confidential and that they are loyal to the brand and me and they're not going to do anything that's, you know, detrimental to those things. Um, I, you know, I, because I am very loyal, I do I do expect that. Um, initiative, I it's a very relaxed environment, um, as it was when I had the salon. You know, yes, we all know what the key role is and we know what the end result has to be, but within getting that, it's very flexible. Like, I don't mind if you work from home. A bit different, like, with the salon. You have a service-based, OK? But, you know, when, when you're entering the realm of, say, a dawn, you know, if someone needs to work from home because they just really can't be bothered getting out of their PJs that day, they're having a bit of a mental health day or haven't slept well or they've got a kid at home sick, you know, cool, work from home today. That's fine. Um, you need to leave early. That's fine. Like, to be honest, I'm not even sure when my staff work. <laughs> I don't even know what hours they do. I just Sound trust. Like me. <laughs> yeah, I just trust. I just trust that they do it because yeah. the results are there. Like, you know, they laugh at me and say, you don't actually know <laughs> when I work. No, actually. And, you know, yeah. but how good that I can get yeah, to that point. amazing. That I have such a team that I trust mm. implicitly that I know they're so loyal that I don't have to question when or where they are because the results speak for themselves. And, you know, for me, that's, uh, that's the most important thing. If I feel that there's someone in my team that I am conscious of or not trustworthy of or they're, they're, they're taking the piss or not going to sit well with me. So as, as relaxed and flexible as I am, I weed those issues out very quickly because, you know, it is a good environment. Good environments are hard to come by, whether they're a friend's uh, home or a work. They're, they're not always easy to come by. So when you have it, you want to protect that. Um, and productivity and initiative, as, as I said, you know, having people that can work within that flexibility because, you know, whilst I do think I lead by example and I've been told I'm a good leader, it's always a bit, a bit weird saying that about yourself, I'm going to just take it from who, people who've told me that I am, um, but, you know, 
that flexibility, you need to know that, that, that you, your team members can still be productive and have initiative because sometimes people need leaders who are on top of them all the time. You know, do this, I want this done by this deadline. I think they feel safer in a controlled environment mm. and that's okay, that's a personality type. Um, but there are also the personality types that, that thrive with that flexibility and that initiative as well. But there's others that will, that will absolutely sink in that environment because they, they, they need someone constantly sort of managing them. So it's looking at how everybody on an individual scale needs to be managed as well based on their personality and putting them in the right role based on that as well. Like social media is a role that, you know, is one that's fairly... Uh, oh, there's no right or wrong. There's, the, you know, it's fairly ambiguous. You, you, you know, you could be testing things, and one word will work better over another. Uh, you know, one visual will work better over another. It's creative. It's so that doesn't suit everybody because there's no real boundaries per se. But say a customer service role where you've got to respond with this time, this way, and this is the outcome could be more of a specific role that, uh, you know, has that, uh, I suppose, those boundaries that someone would work better in there. So, you know, there's, and there's some people that work better with an hourly rate. Some people work better by being praised. Um, you know, it's just getting to understand those different personality types. And I think that comes with age and the more people that you surround yourself with. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's really just having those expectations. And, again, it comes back to leading by example. Mm. Just so well said. And I just I, – I've just been smiling throughout this time that Brian has been talking because it's – it's just so true. Like every time we come into the office, it's the energy is always just amazing. You're often not even, you know, here yeah, it's the rest nice. of it, everyone else and <laughs> Kelly and everyone else. And it, it's just so nice. And you can almost feel the energy of the team. Yeah, definitely. But I guess what what's... I guess what's unfortunate is that so many places aren't like that. Mm. And, you know, you go in and you almost feel the hostility mm. and when the boss walks in, it's like, oh, you know. And Look busy, everyone. Quick. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, put the heels back on or whatever it is. Mm. You know, why do you think we've, we struggle so much with leadership? Like it's actually, I feel it's actually quite rare mm. to come across some great leaders. I think people feel they have to control mm things to be leading it and I would disagree with that entirely. I think when you control things uh, you're not empowering anyone else to do the best that they could do and I again I think control I don't really think there's such a thing as full control you never really have full control over anything so I think if you can just get rid of that and not feeling that you have to control the time the environment how everyone acts and behaves yes again there's boundaries but I think if you get rid of that then it becomes a, a much more productive environment people feel more empowered to lead in their own role and their own area um, and again they feel like they want to strive and they and they almost want to do over and above because you know you are so relaxed and and so trusting of them that they don't want to let that down you know um, and I think you know one of the things that I have here is that we have an open plan office and 
I've always had it that way that I sit with everybody. Um, mm. The pick pack team is few metres away from the office team um, and, and some of the production area is also very close. So we all can see each other and to me we've always, yes I could go and hire a, or, or uh, move into a really yucky manufacturing area but you know and everyone's at different levels but I, I've, I've always wanted a nice office where everybody could see each other so that we can all help each other out because to me, there's no one role in a dawn that's any more important than anyone else's. Um, everything has a very, very big impact on the whole business. So right down to the girls, the way they pack products, if they pack that and it looks awful, the customer's not going to get a luxury experience. It doesn't matter how great the social media and the advertising and the products look. If they've not packed it nice, that that's it. So it's all about having everybody so that they can see each other Everybody learns each other's role to some degree. So when I interview new staff, I make sure that they're happy to help pick pack. They're happy to maybe fill samples. They're happy to answer the phone. They're happy to empty the bins, happy to vacuum. I do it. We've all got it. It's hands on deck and that's how it's always been. And the girls are just that way. They're just, everybody's happy to help out and, and jump in. And I think that creates um, a good energy, but also it, it, it helps in, not, not to say because there's no time for boredom and everything here is, is great, and, but I think having different roles and different things you can do just breaks up the day too. Like, you know, if you're sitting in front of the screen all day and then all of a sudden you can do a bit of pick packing, it's, it's great, breaks it up. So I like to keep things as, a, as an open plan so that people can um, discuss and negotiate things with me or, or I can hear, oh, that doesn't sound like that's going well, I, like I maybe need to help them with this or we need to, you know, because you hear things, you, do, you know, that might not even look like they're an issue, but you co- you're constantly hearing the same thing every day and think, well, maybe we could do this a better way. Um, you know, I don't care if people... As long as it's safe, if they haven't got their shoes on, that's fine. We have Pilates in here once a week, or we don't at the moment, but we did. Um, We have smoothie mornings. Um, If the girls feel like they need to get off the desk and do a little bit of makeup and shoot some stuff, and and it could be the pick-packing girls, and they're not even in the the social media team, but they might want to film a bit. Like, go for it. I don't mind, because ultimately you obviously need that time to have a bit of a break from what you're doing to make you more productive later on. And all of this stuff collectively works out in the wash in the end you know when when things need to be pulled together and people need to band together we do like if I have to go and help out in production and bang out some real-time samples because we've just had a huge increase of peachy sleep or something like you know I'll get in there and do that so it's about having a can-do attitude not expecting that you can control a situation because you therefore then empower everybody else to be the leader of their own area um and it's it's awesome I love walking in here and one of the things that um a couple of my girls asked, you know, what, where do you want a, us to all be with you? And I'm like, I want to get to a point where I walk in and you know more about this business yeah. than yeah. I do in, in various aspects. Yeah. You know, I, I want to walk in and I have absolutely no idea <laughs> how you get that packing thing out of that machine. Like, I don't even know what machine's called, there you go. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, but I do make it my... Because I love it and also I think it's important that as a leader you understand every role in your business. So I have worked every role in this business. I understand every role in this business. So right from accounting, bookkeeping, social media, uh, pickpacking, production, um, 
customer service, you name it, I have done it all and I understand and respect every role and I think that's key because if you're trying to lead someone in an area that you clearly don't understand, it's very obvious, it's very demeaning and it's not empowering because you were telling, um, I don't know, a doctor how to perform surgery when you're an accountant, like, please. Like, so for me, it's about being respectful, understand all the roles, but also get to a point where you have such faith in your team that they eventually know the ins and outs more than you do. So as a whole, you know it, but you don't need to know the ins and outs of everything. And how awesome to get to the point that I can come in and I have no idea. <laughs> like, And I've got such trust yeah. that I don't need to. Because if you feel that you have to know everything, are you trusting the people that work for you is the question and then maybe if you don't it's time to move on and and sometimes you have to make those hard decisions and and move people on Mm. how do we navigate making the hard decisions oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes yes well I think you need to let the let it sit with don't make any rash decisions um Mm. And, you know, hard decisions could be simply that we need to change roles for people, Um, you know, based on, you know, maybe it's a personality type, maybe, you know, it just doesn't gel. So it could be just the infrastructure, maybe there's some hard decisions that needs to be made around that. Um, And there could be the real hard decisions around, you know, someone not working out. Um, And I think, again... If it's come down to something that's weird and lovely and dodgy, well, that, that, that's sort of an easy situation to get because you, you, you're like, this is no, sorry. But if it's just because that person doesn't fit that role or the environment maybe anymore or the expectation of what that role was, that can be a bit harder because, you know, it doesn't mean you don't like or appreciate the person and they're not worthy. It just means that it's not suitable for them. So that can be difficult. But there has been instances that um, I have had to have conversations with people where I felt maybe, and, and they're no, no longer with me now, but I've not felt that there's that, that commitment to the role that was really required um, and that maybe it was a bit of a in-between role for them, which is really not what I wanted. I wanted someone to grow and develop into that role and take on more responsibility, but feeling that that for them was just a bit of a go-between wasn't going to cut it for me because there's a lot of time and energy that you need to put into staff or or team members to then have them having that. And that's fine. It just means that that maybe they want to be a doctor, but Mm. they're they're just doing a bit of social media. Like, it's Mm. not going to work. So it is having those conversations that, look, I I sense that this is probably how you're feeling and and am I right in in saying that? Um, Because even if it is or it isn't, I'm just thinking at the moment because this isn't working at the moment, I'm going to outsource this for a little while and I'm going to get you to do these things because it's taking a bit longer than I wanted. So we need to maybe have someone that can do it a little bit quickly while you're still learning. Um, And I think often just having those open conversations, people will respect that you've sensed it and they don't, if they have enough respect for you, they probably will be honest and then at least you can say well look that's good I'm glad I know now so how about look let's take this off you for a bit Um, I'll give you some other things uh, to do that are more 
you know, those fill-in tight little roles that aren't something that you need to learn. Or maybe we need to look at maybe giving you some time to look for another role outside of Adorn. Um, and then there, there's times, and that's not always easy, but you just have to do it. Like it's, you know, and if you have to give people written or, or warnings or, you know, um, you know, there are conversations we've had to have with people where I've said, look, this type of... Um, behaviour or this kind of thing, I'm not, it's not going to work in this environment because you're then setting the expectation that other people can do that. So there are certain boundaries, like yes, we're flexible, uh, but there are certain boundaries around how people can behave. Um, Yes, you can have fun, but there's a line that you need to draw. So I do have to pick up people on that. You know, sometimes you need to be aware that that kind of language we can't use, like all for you having that banter, but you're going to have to pull back on that. Or I need you to pull back on this because that's not an expectation we want to set for everybody. So, you know, I've had those hard conversations with that 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 are staff um, that that I've got even to this day, and it doesn't mean I still love them dearly. But sometimes we just don't realise the impact, even myself, like the impact we have on other people. So you do have to have those hard conversations. But I think if you, if you do it in a tactful, private way, then it people are not going to be upset about it, and they quite often agree with you and go, "Yeah, actually, I, I agree with you. I'm sorry, I was struggling because of this, and my mind wasn't on my game." And then I can say, all right, well, that now I know that that's great. What can I do? Do you think do you need to work from home for a couple of hours to clear your mind? Or so you can work towards those things. But definitely, leading a team is not always fun. Um, well, not not it is fun, but it's definitely you definitely have to have a passion for people, and you need to have the in- intuition how different people work within an environment and what uh, makes them happy because ultimately they do spend more time with you. And you could have the attitude, I pay and they do the bloody job, but that's an attitude. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get the best out of people, are you? Like, it's just, you just, it's, it's being respectful and appreciative. Like, I always tell my staff how I appreciate them. Um, I just bought a, um, without tooting my own horn, a little a gift back of chocolates and goodies the other day that was delivered just to thank them for getting us through COVID mm. and, um, you know, like we just do little nice things like that for each other. Like it's just, you know, if they, if they work from home on their birthday or it's, mm. it's that thing. So, yes, you have to have the hard conversations, but I think if you just do it in a nice, respectful, calm way, quite often um, the person will, will reciprocate that. Mm. Just so well said. What do you think are your top three kind of the top three leadership qualities that you now have slowly started to realise in yourself? Like, are there three key things that you think, you know, as leaders or that we can do to be better leaders Mm. or to be? Yeah. and, And how and how can we go about achieving them? Yes. Well, yeah, look, there definitely are some key... There are probably a couple more than than just a few. But, look, I think the key one is never stop listening. That's very important because environments, uh, lifestyles, as we now know, change very quickly. uh, And people's requirements and their lifestyles change quickly. So never stop listening because it's amazing what you can learn um, and it's amazing how you can pivot and do things better if you if you listen um i think uh, never stop educating yourself and your team uh so you know look at ways that you can keep them inspired through education so is it letting them sit with another team member uh so they feel stimulated within the role i I don't care how awesome your role is you can get 
bit flat, can't you? You know, it's nice if you can learn something else or understand something else. So, for example, I might talk to the girls about, uh, if I've just printed off a P&L, a profit and loss statement, I might say, look, who wants to know what a profit and loss statement is? Like, and, and they do. They want to know. Like, oh, I never knew that. Or So it's little things like that. You know, be candid and open. So never stop listening, never stop educating, and never stop giving people purpose, um, letting them feel that they actually genuinely have a purpose in your business other than just making you money. Because <laughs> yeah. if they feel that that's all... Because ultimately, mm. you know, that's what we're all here to do. <laughs> but without the love and the purpose and the passion... Mm kind of isn't going to, it's boring and mm. it's not going to, you're not going to be very successful. Like to me, the, the financial success is just almost like a repercussion of um, doing something that you enjoy. Like for me, that's just a bonus. It's definitely not why I do it. And I think that your team members need to feel that as well. If they're just here as a minion to pump money so you can go and buy the latest thing, but you're coming in and treating everyone like crap, it's just not going to work. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, purpose, education, and never stop listening and learning. Mm. Ah, I love these. Mm. (laughs) So great. So look, I want to kind of switch and now dive into how you deal with leadership at home. So, you know, in the last episode, we talked a lot around how you parent your children and all of that. But, you know, talk to us a bit about, you know, yourself and, and Matthew's leadership styles. Oh, look, I'm more like a bull in a china shop and Matthew (laughs) would need an atomic bomb to go off to get worried about anything. So I think we're very yin and yang when it comes to stuff like that. But uh, so, look, Matthew is much more relaxed and, uh, again, leads by example and engages the boys. Uh, He's just a lot calmer and more relaxed about the way he goes about things. Um, I am definitely more enforcing and (laughs) outspoken. uh, with with my expectations, so I guess with the boys, and it comes back to that uh, leading by example. So I do have a saying: don't do anything unless you're going to do it properly. Uh, so you know, if they're emptying the dishwasher and they're breaking half of my, you know, bowls in the, I just you know what, mate, just don't do it. I'd rather do it myself. If I, if you don't respect me enough and my time, like it's a little bit of guilt and a little <laughs> bit of reverse psychology. But it is also fact because it's disrespectful. If you can't do something within the home environment that you don't feel is worthy doing properly, and I I just say this to the boys, if you think that emptying the dishwasher, yes, I don't even want to empty it, but if you think just doing it and smashing stuff around is okay, it's actually disrespectful to me and your father and the hours we've worked to not only buy that, but also the hours we've worked to give you the nice food and and the lifestyle that you have. So to me, it's not about the the dishes. It's about the fact that you don't have enough love and respect for me that you would want to do it properly. So do you really want me just being someone who cooks and cleans around the house or would you like me to be someone who also can engage with you uh, in activities you like? Like I could be on the Xbox with you right now. We could be going for a walk. I could take you for ice cream. I actually want to do things that are enjoyable with you. I'm sick of hearing my own voice telling you what to do and how to do. So, you know, and when you tell them about it coming back to being respect, like, and I, I will flat out ask them, do you not 
respect me enough today that that this is important enough for you to see me happy that you've helped or contributed because this is a team and yes I'm your mum I'm here to love and protect you and I'm here to you know provide for you but you are also an active team member and the day-to-day things you are just as uh you're just as important as I am and you need to be respectful that all these things need to be done. You're not here to be waited on, okay? You need to love and respect other people, that there's things in life you'll need to do for others so that in turn people will do things that they don't really want to do for you, okay? Because that's that's what makes the world... That's what shows love. That's what shows respect when you have a wife or a partner or whoever that might be, that you're doing these things that you don't necessarily want to do. So it's just explaining it to them. And then also, you know... um, putting it into hours worked like you know I'll, I'll say to them okay well if you can't do those things before I get home it's probably going to take me a couple of hours so then don't expect me to help you with your homework or, or I, w- I just won't have the time I'm, and I won't be able to help you with this or no you won't be getting your new skin because why should I give you a $14 skin, skin. that's taken me I know on Xbox hello I can't I, I can't even but you know I just put no I'm sorry it's give and take you don't, you don't get these extra things from me when I don't get these extra things from you. And you can suck and suck your thumb about it. I don't care. So it's just, it's that. Lead by example. Don't do things if you're not going to do them properly. Do you have respect for me enough that you can help me out? Um, and, and that's really what it comes down to. It's being respectful mm. of everybody else's time. I don't care who you are. You know, you have as much right to respect time and uh, from someone else as much as you respect their time because time is really the only thing that's of an asset to anyone. Oh, so good. (laughs) Just so great. And I just think I love how you use the language of your home, like your family's a team. Mm. And I think so many of us can get... You know, as parents and whatnot, we almost sometimes feel like babying our children and are they okay and what else can I get them and whatnot. And it is just, I love that wording around and the the concept around, well, you're a team member, so you, you play your role as well. What, you know... What other pieces of advice would you give, you know, to the amazing mums listening around instilling leadership qualities in their children? Yeah, I think, again, um, it's letting them make mistakes. I think, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head where we just want to do everything for them because it's just, one, sometimes easier. Um, And two, because you just love them that much, you want everything to be perfect. And I get that. But if you do everything for them, then they're not learning initiative and they're not learning problem solving. And those two things come hand in hand. And so when they do enter the workforce or they do enter the school system or they do go to somebody else's house and you're not there, how do they problem solve or have the initiative to work through something? And whilst it feels good to baby them now, you're really setting them up for a bit of failure later on because they're not going to have the initiative to search for answers or fix the problem. Maybe they don't even know where the answers are because you've just provided it to them. You know, I always say to my boys, it's not the solution or the answer that's important. It's that you know where to look for it because there is always a way to find the answer. There's always a way to find the solution. But if you don't know where to look, you're stuck. You can 
always find the answer, um, but you, you you need to learn where to look for it and have the initiative to look for it. So that's something that, you know, when they want their schoolwork, yeah, they want me to come and almost do it for them. But I'm like, where have you looked for that answer? Oh, okay, well, you know that I've told you, you live in a day and age where you can Google this stuff. Yeah. Oh, no excuse. Sorry. Um, so, you know, Google it, read it. Uh, bloody, what's that thing you talk to your phone? You oh, ask, Siri. Whatever. Ask Siri. Yeah. Or Apple or whatever. You <laughs> yeah. are. Like my husband asks his phone stuff all the time. I don't even know what he's on about. But, you know, the phone tells him answers to stuff. What the hell? Good I mean, Siri. you know, <laughs> so there's no excuse. So I think that we just need to let them make mistakes so they figure out and can learn problem solving and initiative and that not everything's perfect. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to disappoint people. Um, but that's okay. Don't sook about it. What can you do better next time? And I think that comes back to ego as well because, you know, often we don't want to do things that are going to shine a light on our inadequacies or shine a light on things that we don't know, fear of looking stupid, dumb, different, all that stuff. But if you can get that out of your kids' heads, uh, even out of your own head, because I think this is an internal dialogue that most of us have, the minute you stop worrying so much about what other people think, then it makes it so much easier to keep searching for that answer and just keep getting up and giving it another crack. And and so that's what I always say to the boys, that, you know, you, you're not always going to make the right decisions, but you can always make a better one next time. And that's, to me, more important that you learn and you, you try something different next time um, because that's how you're going to evolve into a better person, a better skill set, a better role, you can better yourself. Okay, there's no excuse except for laziness or lacking confidence in bettering yourself. So one, both of those things can be fixed, laziness and lack of confidence. You can help that, that can evolve and you can teach yourself out of those things and I think that's really important. Like, you know, I had a conversation with my boy about... Um, Girlfriends, and he wanted to know about how to. Oh. Off tangent, but it comes back Love to it. it. You know, ha, what if a girl doesn't like me? And what if I? Don't? And I said, you know what, mate? Um, there's going to be lots of girls that won't like you that you like, but I can promise there's going to be lots of girls that like you that you don't also like. But then there'll be one or two that you equally like each other the same way. And whether it's because they don't have the same interests as you, or they don't like something that you've done or how you look or what, whatever it might be, but that doesn't mean that you're not worthy. Just like you've got girlfriends that you're friends with at school and they're great people, aren't they? And he's like, yeah, I really like them, but you don't want them to be your girlfriend, do you? No. But do you then think that they're not good people? No, I think they are. So it's just letting them understand that just because they've been judged over a situation or the way they look or... or um, the way they've conducted a certain thing, it doesn't mean that them as a whole is not worthy. They still are worthy to, to keep going, keep trying, and until they find, you know, that team or that or that solution moving forward. Hmm. I just think it's fascinating the the conversations that that will come up and that we have to have and, and how you I just love how you navigate it with them and I almost feel like I'm I want to peep in one time to just send watch your, it all. Send kids you know? to me, everyone. Yeah, no. I'll sort them out. <laughs> oh, I just love it. <laughs> so I guess as we, you know, slowly start to, to wrap up, what would be when it comes to leadership, whether it's at home or at work, you know, what for you personally 
what are some of the key things that you look for in a leader? And, and you know, do you have any role models out there that you just go, oh, my goodness, I, I wish, you know, I, I aspire to be or I work to be like that? Oh, look, there, there's been um, interesting people over the years that I've liked various aspects of the mm. way they conduct themselves. I can't say that I've ever been in a position to learn from their leadership style, but I've definitely liked how they've engaged or not been flapped about things. So for me, I've tried to learn that calmness, that patience, um, you know, letting know, letting go of feeling I've always got to have the right answers. And so those styles of leading others that I can see just through personalities, I've, I've really enjoyed watching or listening to and, and pulling bits that I think suits, suit my personality. So I can't say there's been any one particular person that I've looked up to for their leadership style. Um, I definitely, as I've mentioned before, know many that I know I would never want to be like. Um, but I, I just think that for me it's really going off your gut and your intuition and also the experience you have over time. And I think if you're not sure about all those things, just ask yourself what would you want? Mm. You know, if, if you were being led by someone... What would you want? Would you want flexibility? Would you want a bit of compassion? Would you want structure? Would you, you know, I think it's looking at, you know, what is it that you would feel gave you the purpose to get up every day and actually enjoy and, and give this person results? Like, if you want results, you really need to give the people what they want. It's not about them just giving you what you want. It's you do have to give them what they want as well. And, you know, there's those core things and then there's these personality things and looking at people that do need structure, that do need flexibility. Um, you know, they do need to feel uh, purpose or they, you know, they love having the accolades. Some people don't care about accolades or they're not fussed by that. They just would rather have an hour off or, you know. So I think it's looking at all those things. Um you know, I just think that, you know, understand that it's okay as you as a leader to make mistakes, that your team will make mistakes. I think communication is key. I think having conversations, uh, you know, not always talking about work in the work environment because it's amazing what you learn about people if you just have a basic conversation about other things. Um, you know, I just think treat people how you would want to be treated yourself. I don't know that there's actually you know, a, a real, I don't know, you, you know, if you go and learn about how to lead people, I kind of feel like that's a bit weird, you know. <laughs> is it really not that hard to treat people the way you want to be mm. treated? Um, you know, and learn to just, you know, love, live, laugh and learn along the way. And I think if you can, you know, they're the, the four the four L's that I live my life by and I think that, you know, that it's a privilege to be able to be in a situation where you work for a great leader or you have the opportunity to lead great people. Um, and I'm privileged to be in a situation that I have an amazing team that back me. They are amazing people. Um, I learn from them. They learn from me. We laugh together. We live uh, you know, in, in different situations together, whether it's COVID, whether there's been staff that are having, you know, trials and tribulations at home, you can't always eradicate that from the workplace, you know, and just having that, that love and that passion for what you do, those, those four L's are really important for me in everything that I do, home or work. Mm. Oh, 
Just so well said. I I couldn't agree more, I think, you know, especially our, sometimes I call some of the girls my work wives, you know, it's, yes. it's almost like that thing where it's just, you see them every yeah, day, you do go absolutely. through thing. like, you do, you know, and even I love, as, as I always, as I've mentioned before, but when I come in here, it's, it is that, it almost feels like a bit of a family, you know, it's yeah. just that relaxed um, vibe, but everyone's still getting stuff done. Still getting stuff done. Like I came in yesterday and I wish I had been warned because I kind of (laughs) thought everyone was having a mental breakdown because I sat at my desk and then all of a sudden I heard this alarm and then the next minute all of them were on the floor (laughs) doing a plank and and I'm looking at them and then they started laughing realising that they hadn't let me in on what they were doing and they've just said oh well we hope it's okay but we've decided every hour one of us has uh, to come up with an exercise to do for 60 seconds. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all good with that. But I wish you had told me because I kind of thought you're all having a little mental breakdown together on the floor, you know. So, you know, I think it's just having having that fun and having that, you know, where quite often they'll come to me and say, look, now we're, we're asking you for your advice, but you've kind of already made the decision, yes. you know, and I just sort of, I love that, you know, yeah. I love that. And that all comes back to bloody respect doesn't it you know respecting each other and um you know respecting each other's time respecting each other's worthiness i don't give a rat's bum if you're the cleaner or you're me we're all Mm. important people that breathe poo and have blood in our systems like you know we're all we're all worthy oh i just love it wow what an episode it's been so great brianie i think you know, you've re- really made me think a lot deeper about leadership and how, you know, I can be a better leader and how I can just show up better mm. and, and you know, respect those around me. And I think so many of the women listening would probably feel the same. So I'm so excited for the next episode. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.